0: round two
1: round two let's go bro. dude welcome back thank you bro thank you very that's much. the
0: that's the quickest round two i think anyone's ever had i think uh there's definitely been people on for round twos round threes but never back-to-back weekends like there this, you go
1: bro. man there you go there's a first for everything what's up ladies and gentlemen how's everybody doing i hopefully you all said good if not make it good
0: fuck yeah a, i hope you're having a good morning good afternoon good evening whatever fucking time it is but yeah, dude, how was your morning? What'd you get up to?
1: My morning was some good, training. man. Woke up, slept in a little bit, uh, woke up at eight, sent out some uh, proposals to potential clients, went to the gym, trained a couple clients, uh, did some jujitsu, then darted over here, man, recording another podcast. Super excited. Hell yeah, dude. Um,
0: fuck, dude, that's a lot of training, man. Are you like how often, like how many hours a day
1: are you in a gym? This is an excellent question. On the weekdays, physically actually in the gym, between 8 to 12, sometimes 14. Depends on the day. That's so sick, man. And, and then weekends, like, 4 to 7. Depends on the day.
0: I fucking miss that, dude. That's the one thing I miss about being in the gym. I remember when I first got a job in the gym, when it, during my interview, I was like, I just want to be paid to be in a gym yeah, all day. Man. Like, that's all I want. It's great vibes. It's great vibes. It's so sick, man. And so um that's sick. You do like uh did you do private sessions or classes today?
1: Private sessions.
0: So yeah. sick. What do you like better? Hmm.
1: I think I prefer private sessions just because it's so easy to then focus on one or two people, depending how many it is. You should always advise somebody to bring a partner, especially, excuse me, for jiu-jitsu. It's way easier for them to have a partner because then they can see the move from the outside, and then I'm able to observe from the outside, watch them, make sure they do it well, make sure they get all the small details in between, and make sure they really encompass and learn everything within the technique. So, yeah, I prefer private lessons. What...
0: What, at what point did you feel confident enough in your jiu-jitsu that you were like, I can coach other
1: people at this? I would say when I got my purple belt. But I even, I started coaching jiu-jitsu when I had my blue belt because I, I had my blue belt. I had my blue belt for a long time, man. I had my blue belt for seven years, but I didn't train for like four of those. So three and a half-ish years total time at, at blue belt, actual time on the mat. And since I lived up in Prince George and there was only uh, so many gyms, um, and it's where you, uh, have, you've been training for like a year. Have you seen or experienced drama in the, in the, in the fitness community yet? Not really yet.
0: Not, in, not in this, like I, uh, my background before actually I was much bigger. I was into bodybuilding a lot. That's how I got into fitness actually was like through bodybuilding. So I definitely saw a lot of drama in bodybuilding gyms right. between different competitors for sure.
1: Right. So it gets like that, uh, Obviously, in in kind of almost any industry, if you will, I've seen it in the office, on the fucking playground, who's the fastest kid, etc. It doesn't change as you get older. So, back to the topic of this. We're in Prince George. There was a couple other gyms going on. Um me, uh, my buddy CJ. Shout out CJ at Leglock Legion. So he was one of my original coaches.
0: Is that the guy that runs that Instagram account? Because I follow that. Yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. Leglock
1: Legion. Yeah. So we 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 um we get along very well. We get along handsomely. He's actually getting married in August, which is super exciting. So I'm totally hyped for that. But uh, so we've been friends for oh my god, 13 years. Yeah, I think 13 years. So we trained together, got along really well. He was a brown belt at the time. I was a blue belt. We, there was just some drama amongst all the other gyms in the community. So I got together with a couple of buddies, and we bought just some fucking puzzle mats. And then we would just, like, store them at the YMCA because I had a sponsored membership to the, uh, to the YMCA for, like, since I was, like, 14. Um, and then we would just, like, set up, like, half, not even, like, half, yeah, half-inch puzzle mats. And we would just do jiu-jitsu, like, with the puzzle mats on the hardwood floor. And yeah, yeah. so I was teaching from the time that I was a blue belt, but I obviously lacked in a lot of areas, um, especially a blue belt. So my comfortability was like, hey, I can teach you like wrestling and I can teach you like basic stuff from guard, a little bit about ankle locks. And then CJ, when he would come in, he would give us more of a dynamic uh, coaching style. But when I really got comfortable, I was like, I could teach somebody a little bit of everything was at purple belt. Yeah. 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 I, I like, um, I will say that
0: there's, cause I'm just, I just joined my second gym. So, um, at the first gym I was explaining, like there's some of the coaches there and I'm not trying to like dog on them or, or like, uh, throw shade or anything like that. But there was like a lot of like what to do, a lot of what to do. And this new place that I'm at, one of the owners came and asked me, he's like, so like, how come you like this place better? And I was like, well, it's not just about like the what it's like about the why and the how it's more like the philosophy of learning like when you're doing these things or why you would want to move your body in certain positions and uh i feel like that's like the the biggest step in terms of like coaching other people how to do it cuz like maybe there's some things i know how to do but there's no way i could teach anyone like why you would do them or how you would do them you know what i mean right yeah. so it's uh yeah dude it's something i was thinking about because i've got a couple buddies that like kind of like go and watch their buddies at tournaments and they're like coaching them and they're like you know, like, purple level, and I'm like, fuck, dude, like, I, I wonder, like, because I, there's no way I'd feel confident doing anything like that, right, right? like, as a as a shitty, like, a green-white belt, yeah, like, yeah. there's no way I'd feel confident, so I'm just, it's, like, a question I was thinking of, it's, like, when do you have that confidence, when do you kind of, because I feel like we were just chatting, like, you know, there's always that feeling of, like, I know, the more you know, the more you know about what you don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, and I... I I would say, yeah, it becomes particularly when it comes to like coaching athletes while they're competing. So this is where I feel I'm stronger at, at some points because some people, especially like you know, said so like the white belts, the blue belts, sometimes even purple belts. I remember even I like purple belt. I hardly listened while I was in the middle of a the match. They're not always going to listen to your specific instructions during the course. And what I mean by that is, say, say they're setting up for a sweep. You, your, whatever you, who you're yelling at, you have a name for the sweep, and maybe they don't recognize it by that title, so they're not gonna fucking understand what you're talking about, so they're gonna miss the instruction and maybe miss the opening. Until you, you both have that like synchronized mental bond. Meanwhile, if you're just like shouting them the instructions, like get the sweep, just get a sweep, given them the basic instructions, get a sweep, pass the guard, attack. You have this much time left. I find people respond to that a lot better because everyone gets in there mostly at a certain stage. They have an idea of what they're going to do and they're really going to stick to that until they have a more dynamic game plan, if you will. So I find feeding people that information, those kind of encouragements, those more basic instructions, they will then solve the puzzle Mm -hmm. or they won't. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they just don't. Sometimes that happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, like, definitely, I've only done one competition, and there was, like, four matches that I made it through, Um, and I remember, like, I watched the footage, and I can hear, like, my coach, my girlfriend, a couple buddies, like, watching me, they're, like, shouting at me, and I'm, like, I literally don't even remember hearing anything. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I was like and I I'd, it's probably just cuz it's like first competition adrenaline's pumping you are yeah. like a little bit nervous and just it kicks in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I- I'm like, dude, I literally don't even remember anyone yelling. I couldn't hear anything.
1: Yeah, it happens. It happens to me sometimes too, man. I remember uh I was at BCJJF their their summer tournament outdoors they had last year. What a sick event. Shout out BCJJF. We're going to shout out a lot of people just like we did last week. Um <laughs> And uh, my uh, my coach Ross was, like, in in the, my corner, if you will, the side of the mat he was on. And I remember he was yelling something at me, and I, I just couldn't make it out. And I was like, what the fuck? But I was, like, uh, I was going for, like, a, a head and arm choke, starting to, starting to feed it. We were in a really strong position. Um, but I'm, like, oh, going hard for this choke. Might have finished it, might have not. Um, but then I was just, like, missing a tiny little point. There was, like, a sweep I could have got. And meanwhile, Professor Matt Kwan is really close to me. He's like... Morgan, plant your foot and get the sweep. And I was like, oh, and I just got the sweep and put myself into an even more advantageous position, even though I didn't finish the the submission. So it's uh, sometimes you hear, sometimes you don't, sometimes you do. But I I was a brown belt at that time, as I am now. So I was able to fully grasp what he meant when he said that because I'd spent so many times under those repetitions, it was easy for me to pick up and go. Other people, when they're whites, blues, can be a little
0: tougher. What's, like, because everyone kind of has their own definition, but, like, what's, like, your definition for each of the belts that you've, like, kind of gone through as your progression? Like, that's just, like, something I'm curious about, too. Like, how did you define yourself, like, I guess, like, as a white belt, a blue belt, a purple belt,
1: and now as, like, a brown belt? Like, what's, like, the biggest difference between each step for you? Well, for me, because I came up through mixed martial arts, I never really, like cared about jiu jitsu. like i liked grappling because i wrestled but my idea was jujitsu was when i started was i'm going to learn this so i can punch dudes in the face <laughs> right. that was that was my idea so my time spent was learning uh jujitsu defensively and i always even remember getting through jujitsu class i was like oh, i just want to get to some sparring i want to get some wrestling like i want to get back to striking like yeah so on and so forth <clears throat> and then um my MMA career started out very bad. I'm pretty sure at one point I was like one in five. <laughs> I think one win, five losses. But I was like taking crazy fights. Like I, I would. I remember one fight. I fought at Bantamweight. And I remember I was getting my hair cut in Prince George. I was eating McDonald's. It was like eight <clears throat> 8.30 in the morning. And I got a call from a promotion down here in Vancouver. And like, hey, we need a last minute fight at 155. And they're like you're gonna fight this dude and i was like okay sick i'm there no problem what were you weighing at the time was at like, like a- 149 and i fought a dude who for sure was not 155 <laughs> that guy definitely cow weight and he was a west coast bjj guy i don't know if you know a lot about west coast bjj no, but no. yeah so they had a grading ceremony like only once a year mm. so if you missed it you didn't get graded so like or it just took so long to grade guys, maybe they like weren't ready at that grading ceremony, but next month they hit that skill level, then they'd have the full 11 months. So I fought this bigger dude, really good at grappling, on like six days notice after eating McDonald's at 155. <laughs> yeah, um, so I started my career one in five, and then eventually I hit this sick fucking winning streak. Like It was like seven or eight wins in a row. It was dope. And five of them were by arm bar in the first round. Fuck. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's a thing to this jujitsu thing. And then in 2012, I got my blue belt. I remember uh, my uh, my manager at the time, who's also one of my coaches, he promoted me in his condo in Burnaby i remember i had like true religions on <laughs> and a fucking gi jacket and he gave me my blue belt and i was like i could pull the picture up it's still on my facebook too hilarious photos the, photo. the jeeds and from that point on i was like okay i'm gonna take this jujitsu thing more seriously because clearly there's something to it and then i realized i was like yo i could not get hit in the head sick i could win fights this is dope this is awesome um i remember the fight after that i won another fight by armbar i remember the dude came out uh at battlefield 17 in penticton i remember this dude came out through a leg kick i caught it took him down and armbarred him like about 20 seconds later not a single strike was thrown that's so sick. Other yeah. than his failed kick. Other than his failed kick, yeah. So that was when my love for jujitsu jitsu really came in. So back to the question before I went off on this little tangent of a story. So as a white belt, I defined my jiu-jitsu as just learning how to stop other jujitsu. As a blue belt, then I was like, okay, I want to really develop my jiu-jitsu so that like, I can effectively dominate positions, control them. In 2014, I still had my blue belt. I was getting close to my purple belt. I I stopped training. I picked up training again right at the end of 2017. So then it was just I was trying to, like, learn uh, jiu-jitsu all over again. Um, But it was pretty cool. After, like, being back for two months, I jumped in, like, a blue belt division, went double gold. I was like, sick, let's go. Still got it. Still got it. Um, So then it was just, like, yeah, developing my game again, uh, learning, -learning relearning jiu-jitsu, resharpening the tools. Then in 2000, what was it, 19, 2019, I got my purple belt. So then and then at that time when I got my purple belt, I was coaching full time. That was my job. That was my profession. So then it became a thing. I was like, OK, I need to learn a little bit of all jujitsu, even a little bit. Even if I only do what I want to do when I'm competing, I need to know a little bit, because if I don't know a little bit to pass that knowledge on to to my clients and my, my training partners, then they're going to lack in those areas. And that's not cool. I have a responsibility to them. And then now as I uh, got my brown belt, I realized it's just about continuing to sharpen those tools, giving everybody else the tools they need to succeed, and then keep staying active, keep competing, and then just keep continuing to progressively get better, stay up to date on, on, on new modern systems, stay sharp with the old systems, because those are, those are very, very important as well. And then yeah, and then I'm gonna get a black belt, and I'm gonna be at the bottom of the food chain again. I'm gonna realize I still suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sick, man. That's fucking wicked. How do you, how do you kind
0: of um, do you like anticipate that's gonna be coming soon? That black belt, or do you feel like it's like miles away? Like, how do you feel about that?
1: I'm very comfortable being at where I am, being at at a brown belt. Like, I f- I don't feel like it's miles away. No, but it also depends on who you ask. Um, but brown belt is a very competitive level. I, I, I want to get out and compete internationally at the brown belt level. Like I want to go to Worlds. Um, I want to do PANS. I want to do all the big tournaments at, at brown belt, do a bunch of super fights. So I'm in no rush to leave, and when my time is, then then my time will come. But I'm also not interested at at being considered a black belt and then staying at brown belts and, and kind of sandbagging, even though that's really hard because the the air, the the gray area between brown belt and black belt especially nowadays especially considering no gi jiu-jitsu is very not relevant if that's the right thing what i'm saying what i'm saying is, is like you had fucking Micah Mika, mica Mika galvao you know who that is no. from fight sports this kid's a monster 180 cc trials he's like 18 or 19 years old he just got his black belt i remember when he was still a brown belt he beat oliver taza in a no gi match if you know who oliver taza is i've heard the name yeah, yeah. oliver taza is insane um so that right there lets you know and then you have the rotolo brothers when they yeah. were both they were both brown belts they closed out they didn't close out worlds they went to worlds and they fought in the finals yo if you close out with your teammates that shit's fucking whack stop doing that don't do that fight each other you fight each other in the gym you can fight each other at the tournament anyways they fought in the finals you know, in a stacked division full of Tons of dudes, tons of great brown belts. I can only, like, I, I didn't really super follow the bracket. I just watched their finals match, but I can only imagine the level of talent that was in it. And then they got promoted to black belt. And then it was Mika and I believe it was Tyra Tolo who were in the finals at Black Belt Worlds this year. And they were both, like, 19. It's
0: That's insane. fucking insane, insane man. man. I was, just, I was just thinking about something I was going to ask, but yeah, it definitely does seem like very, like at that level, like it's almost like ambiguous. Like it's like what defines the black versus the brown. Cause like, there's so many people that like, I mean, on the world stage, it's, there's so many people that like, there's Browns that'll be tapping black belts at that level. You know what I mean? Like, especially between Gi and, or I mean between, uh, no Gi. Yeah. You know, like, it's just so... You,
1: know, you got Harrison Woods. Shout out Harrison Woods, my boy Harry. Have you heard of Harrison Woods? I haven't, no. Harrison Woods. You're going to trans- just introduce I mean, you to yeah. all these fucking Harrison people, Woods man. is a local homie, and it's same thing. He's 18. I believe he was 18 or 19 years old, and he's a purple belt. Nuts. And he he also went to trials, and he fucking beat Jacob Couch, if you know who Jacob Couch is. The no. Hillbilly Hammer from Daisy Fresh. Oh, okay, Fresh. okay, okay. He okay, beat yeah. the Hillbilly Hammer. Yeah, For yeah. Sure he, he heel-hooked another black belt. So then you have f- fucking freaks like this kid who are just fucking monsters and there are purple belts and they're submitting black belts Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. on
1: the world level it's insane man it's crazy yeah
0: i guess for you like it's especially like your your goal is to definitely get on like a world stage because do you find like at like the local level it's almost hard to find competition once you get in the higher ranks like that
1: it did it uh, yeah yes and no yes a little bit like There is guys, especially local here in BC, like our jiu-jitsu scene is very competitive and very high level, so there's no problem finding matches, but often it's the same matches and it's often with uh, other gentlemen and athletes that I train with all the time. Not that that's a problem, because like I said, you don't close out matches, you finish your matches, you go hard, you try and submit your training partners. Anyways, those are for those in the back that are closing out matches. (laughs) Anyways, um, but for a variety of opponents... Yes, it, it it does get more challenging.
0: Yeah, because I remember like uh, the the tournament that I was competing in, like the white belt brackets. Like there's like thirteen guys. Yeah, there's like fourteen division. fucking dudes, yeah. man.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And then sick.
0: And then my buddy's competing in purple, and he's got like one other competitor in his yeah. in his category. And they're
1: going two out of three. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> sick. That's nuts, man. So like when uh, because was there like this amount of competition when you were up in PG? No.
1: You know, in Prince George, there was, like, one competition a year. We would have to travel for most of our comps, yeah.
0: That's nuts, man. I'm trying to think of um, where we were leaving off last episode as well. Do you remember?
1: Well, last—I don't remember exactly where we left off. No. No, I don't, actually. But I remember we were going to discuss— my, my homelessness, a little, a little bit of the battle. So we can, uh, we can totally jump into that just jump from one subject yeah, to sure. another if you want. Okay. 100%, good. So, dude. This is going to be a little bit of a, a long story. So we're going to talk about like overcoming victim mentality because bad things happen to good people and it's important to be prepared for those. And we're going to talk about accountability too, because no matter what, how many bad things happen in your life, the common denominator is that you were there and you were part of it. So, A lot of our decisions, no matter how how bad they may be, some not within our control, but most of them are within our control. For example, like say I got in a fender bender on my way to work this morning, which I didn't, but let's just say I did because I was because I was rushing. Hypothetically, I was rushing to work because I was late and then I got a little fender bender. What if I just left 10 minutes earlier? I could have driven the normal speed limit. Not mm-hmm. been super aware, not been in a rush, not been emotionally unrested and not gotten the fender bender, even if I wasn't at fault, even if it was completely the other guy's fault. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the, the mentality like that. Anyways, back around to the story. So I remember I graduated in uh, in 2012 and then upon graduation, I lived in Prince George. I moved down to Kamloops and I was in a, in a relationship with this girl and uh, the relationship was like not super healthy for like a lot of things. One. I grew up uh, without a father, so I did not have good control of my, my masculinity at that time. And then this girl I was with also had some some issues with her own that she didn't know how to overcome because she didn't have the the proper direction to do so. So I wasn't able to provide everything for her that she she needed like a nice stable house but who really can at 18 but here's me making excuses again so i couldn't provide like a nice stable house we would have to rent like basement suites and stuff like we would have to often share bills which i think can be pretty normal in a partnership but nonetheless and then i was just so caught up in my training and stuff i wasn't able to just be there with her all the time which isn't super healthy for any relationship. You should be able to go off and do your own thing. But nonetheless, these were the requirements of being in a relationship with her and I couldn't always meet those, but I was so in love with her. I would say from my uh, definition of love at the time that like infatuated, I like infatuated lust, with yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, that, I, that I stayed with her despite the toxicity. So long story short, we, we, we worked through it. There was a lot of, uh, unfaithfulness from her I would find out about it and then I would just forgive her I'd be like oh she's like I won't do it again I'm like oh yeah totally I would just roll with it we stayed together eventually this all came to uh, a bust which was mental because we had a a lease together at a place at a time which was not easy to overcome but we overcome it nonetheless anyway so anyways so we ended up uh breaking up and we were broken up um and uh, despite the, the t- toxicity, and she was like mad, mad toxic. Like, I remember like, like super bad, like violent, super violent. So I knew there was like lots of warning signs there that I, I shouldn't be there and I shouldn't be in the, in the living space that we were uh, living at together. So, But nonetheless, I ignored it mm-hmm. because for whatever reason, I just wasn't accountable. I didn't put myself in a financial position to be able to separate myself from these these roots we had established together so nonetheless she was uh living at some other place at that time some place with her family I don't remember exactly and I was like staying at the basement suite we had so I remember uh, at this time so we, we we had broken up um and it was a uh, super super hard for me and super embarrassing and I just was like oh pity me so I started like drinking a lot A lot, way too much. I developed like bad substance abuse issues uh, during this time, but I would still train, work, and then just like party super hard on the weekends. So, anyways, one weekend we go out and I party super hard. I go back home and uh, I sit there and I pass out. So, she took it upon herself to come on over after I don't know if she saw on like Snapchat or something. I posted I was at the club and then I went back home. She decided to come over and try and mend our relationship by. Having sex with me while I was asleep, Um, because you know when you're like 19 years old, stuff just works, even when you're asleep, no matter what. So, and you have that false like thought, like sex equals love. Yeah, I yeah. yeah yeah, which I still think is that's a very that's another topic for another time. But that is still rampant in society to this day, even for like 40 year olds. I swear. Anyways, so. I wake up in the middle of this act, uh, a a situation ensues. I I, I get her off of me. And then I'm like, yo, man, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm out of it. Like, I'm still hazy from everything that had happened at the club. And I was just like, dude, like, you got to get out of here. Like, this is this is not cool. Like, I'm totally over the relationship. Like, you got to go. So she ended up, like, leaving the situation diffused then it was actually like years later and who knows how this maybe this trauma affected me if i even recognized it as trauma but i I recognized it years later years later i was like holy fuck i got raped in my sleep that's crazy yeah so it does happen to men it totally does happen to men it happens to everybody it can happen to everybody at at any time it's not the first time in my life i've dealt with that i dealt with some of that as a child um very rarely rarely, unfortunately as, as so many of us have so wasn't. I think. Sorry to cut you off. But I was gonna say,
0: like, I think um, a lot of the time, and like this might be what gets me canceled. But I feel like a lot of people have, like, there's like, I obviously have sympathy for everybody, of but course. I feel like there's more sympathy towards women because of the fact that there's like kind of like that physical danger involved. But I feel like there's uh, not a lot of account for like the emotional trauma that happens, like even if it happens to a man, you know, because people like if a guy opens up and they're like, hey. I was abused. I was raped. Whatever. It's like, kind of like the ha ha. Okay, bro. Like, yeah, you got to have sex.
1: Yeah, literally. You know? Like, and, and it's yeah. like
0: almost laughed off. And it's like, dude, there's a lot of emotional baggage that comes along with that. Like, that's got to be unpacked, man.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's not easy to deal with. And I ended up
0: for both. Like, I'm just yeah. saying, all around. Like, it yeah. doesn't even matter your gender. If that shit happens, it happens. Hundred percent, man. And that's fucking traumatic. And
1: it happens in a, a lot of different there's a lot of gravity to a lot of different ways it it can happen there's obviously like the situation with me where full 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 sex happens there's unfortunately there's like women who will be at the club and some dude will just like reach his hand in an area he shouldn't because he feels like he's entitled to and that yeah and that all that shit causes like because your your private space is invaded Mm-hmm. and you you feel vulnerable and you feel violated violated and you feel dirty yeah and that's 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 not cool man nobody should have to deal with that that's fucked mm-hmm. up yeah so it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a thing that obviously as a political issue is being tackled but yeah nonetheless that was my experience with that so then anyways after that i realized I was like, all right this was fucking crazy uh, I need to get the fuck out of this living space. So then I ended up just like grabbing some stuff, leaving the unit, changing my phone number, bailed on the lease, and and just and uh, and then oh, excuse me, and then never dealt with that that living space ever again. So then, having me this poor me attitude, I then started hanging out with some people that I shouldn't have been spending so much time with and we're going to spare some uh, some of the details on this, but then I ma- ended up making some really, really unhealthy lifestyle choices with a lot, same thing again, this is accountability, with a lot of the warning signs around me and a lot of like good support crew reaching out to me like, no, this is a bad idea, you shouldn't do this. Even people that I was partaking in these lifestyle choices with were like, hey, man, you probably shouldn't be doing this, but I still fucking sat there and did it with them nonetheless. Um. And it was based off of, like, a, a, a poor me attitude. So I ended up, like, like losing. I had two jobs at the time. I ended up losing both those jobs. The gym I was training at at the time, I, I got kicked out because these people were like, yeah, like, if you're going to be behaving like this, like, we don't want to be around you. And I was like, all yeah, right whatever, fuck you guys. I'm going through a hard time. You guys aren't going to support me and give me the love I feel I'm entitled to during this time. You know, fuck you guys. And it just made me, like, lash out even more and commit more of these uh, these negative lifestyle choices so these lifestyle choices ended up leaving me homeless at one point um no money i was stealing to eat uh, and many many other things in this this period of my time took up three and a half years of my life stopped training didn't do anything i was down to like 130 pounds, maybe even less. Um, for the record, I'm like 165 right now. So 35 pounds less, and I'm only like 5'9". So that's not a lot. I was not looking good. It was not good. Um, eventually, I, uh, some things happened, and I ended up like finding my way out of these issues, thank God. Um, I ended up moving back home, moved in with my mom, put my nose down to the grind, started taking accountability for my actions. I was like, no, man, like I fucked up my life. I'd be there. There was all these warning signs. There was all this. I shouldn't have been in that relationship. I shouldn't have been partaking in these nefarious activities. One thing thing led to another, and instead of developing poor me attitude, I just finally took accountability. I was like, no, I am master of my universe. I am in control of everything that happens around me, and I'm going to pursue excellence for myself. So just near the end of 2017, moved back in with mom. Um, got a job started training again all happy days uh, ended up in uh, another relationship with uh, one of my one of my childhood best friends and she lived down here in Vancouver I still lived in Prince George at the time we had a long distance relationship um, and then eventually in 2018 I made the move down here and uh, and settled in with her and I lived with her and her family now I knew so emotionally, I was very attached to this woman because we had been friends for so long, physically, not so much. Um, and I think, spiritually, not so much either, because we had uh, conflicting beliefs. And you need, you need to have the triangle. I'm holding up the triangle right now, you can't see it. So the triangle in the relationship is very important. You need a mental, physical and spiritual connection with your partner to uh, establish a, 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 a beautiful relationship. And we didn't have that. But I thought I thought I could change her. I Mm -hmm. thought I could help and not change her, but I guess change her. Yeah. I just wanted to make her better. And whether you consider that right or wrong, like you want to constructively help somebody, people often don't want to be helped. And if they don't want to be helped, but I I sat there and I tried to force it and whatever. Anyway, so we were in a relationship for a while. We were engaged to be married, actually. Wow. We were engaged to be married. Um, And then... uh, Another thing happened that attaches, so last week on the episode, if you guys didn't listen, there was a war on, I'm at at a war with birth control, man, birth control is fucking horrible, fuck birth control, anyways, so, especially IUDs, fuck IUDs, put a little copper piece of metal, fucking, that's mental, anyways, she had an IUD, right, so then I, instead of practicing safe sex like I should, I was like, oh, you have an IUD, fucking sweet, no problem, so you can imagine the the Been result there, of that. Man. Been yeah. there, yeah, of Been course. Been there, man. She ends up getting pregnant. Wow. She had an ectopic pregnancy. Do you know what an ectopic pregnancy is? I don't. It's know. where the egg, if I remember this correctly, so don't blast me if I don't get the signs here correctly, but the egg gets fertilized in the fallopian tube and it can't drop. As it's dropping. It can't drop. Okay. Because of the ID or, or something along those lines. Long story short, her fallopian tube burst. Oh, fuck. So then she had to go in emergency surgery in the hospital which is um, very traumatic for her. So now she doesn't have a fallopian tube. We experienced this together. Fuck. Um, so now we have like this trauma in our relationship as well. And this obviously didn't help her body confidence or her wanting to, 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 to pursue physical excellence for herself anyway. So then I also like developed like a, um, a guilt, Sort of, sort of speak, I'm like, okay, like I play a part in this because I was there, and this this woman dealt with this this traumatic situation because of me, and this kind of sucks. So, there was already signs. This was even before. We're, this was before we're engaged, actually. Wow. I had already like kind of felt. I was like, maybe this isn't relationship isn't for me. But then that happened. I was like, no, no, I have to stay. Mm-hmm. I, I have to see. I have to see this commitment through because I'm in a relationship. So I have to see this commitment through. So the relationship continues on. And, uh, you know, home life is good. Like, we don't fight. There's no violence. It's not anything like that. But I have big, huge aspirations, huge aspirations, like winning world championships, becoming a billionaire, owning 12,000 units that pay me passive rental income, feeding millions of families across the world, developing, like, athletic programs for underprivileged kids. I want to go to Africa and build houses and water wells for for people over there who have it much harder than we do over here. A lot, a lot of stuff like that. They, her and her family were a little bit naysayers. Like I would talk about these big big goals and aspirations that I have. And they'd be like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You should settle in to like, get a city job, work on getting a nice pension, find a union job, find a union job, work a nine to five. And that sucks. You don't need people around you like that. You don't. You should. If you have big goals and aspirations and your support cast around you right now does not share those goals and aspirations and they do bring you down, even if it is from a place of love, your usually your mother will be the first one to be like, no, you shouldn't do that. Be safe. It's because they love you. But they do not, I repeat, they do not have your best intentions at heart even though their best intentions at their heart, they do not have your best intentions at heart. So anyways, I think was, a lot of
0: that, sorry to cut you off. I, no, think it's okay. a, I think a lot of that comes from like, uh, not wanting to see you hurt. Like, cause they don't really think that those things are possible for them. They think that if they're they, scared of failure. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then yeah, they yeah. see you, they don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you heartbroken. Right. Like it's like a, like you're saying, like it comes from a place of love. Like, Man, like those are really big goals. Like, what if you can't achieve them? I don't want to see you crushed. I'd rather die than go trying. go the safe way. I know, I know the yeah, way yeah, you yeah, think. Yeah. I know the way you but think. But like, does I...
1: anybody? I mean, maybe well, it's, it's not wrong to have that nine to five life and go home, watch TV, watch the news, talk about the news on Saturday with your friends at the barbecue. Yeah. Sunday, yeah. get ready for work, and you know, do it all again. If you really love that passionately, that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. I su- I support that. That's mm-hmm. that's a wholesome lifestyle. I don't want to look back. Hold on, my fuck. I'm 28. I want to look back 80 years from now as I'm old as fuck, sitting on my empire. Or if I didn't have an empire, I don't want to look back and say, I didn't try. Right. I didn't take my shot. Because I guarantee everybody who lives that modest, comfortable lifestyle, they're going to look back and they're going to say, I wish. I tried a little more. I wish I did a little more. I wish I had a bigger house to leave my kids. I wish I had more money to leave my kids. I wish I had 10 cars that my, my kids and my grandkids could all split and drive around. Who wouldn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Who doesn't want to leave more for your children and, and your grandchildren and so on when you're gone? Everybody does. That's the mm-hmm. dream. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to help the world more? But you need to have big goals and aspirations to put yourself in a financial and social position to help these people and to create wealth, eternal wealth for your family. So I had all these goals and I continue to have these goals. They were not in line with those goals. And then uh then COVID happened. COVID-19, something nobody could predict. Nobody could predict. The United States, this was under President Trump by the way. Uh Klaus Schwab could have predicted it, but yeah, the United States, hundred percent, hundred percent. (laughs) When COVID nineteen was released, when COVID nineteen was released on the public, nobody could have predicted it. The United States, everything was going good. Crypto was going good, stocks were great. The unemployment rate was, I'm pretty sure, at the lowest ever in America. In America, in America, ever, yeah. Things were going good. COVID nineteen happens within thirty days. The entire country gets shut down. How this relates to me? Critically, I'm now at home. Just at home, I was just at home, surrounded by my family at that time. They were big on CNN. They were big on waiting for, for uh, vaccinations. They were big on mandatory masks. And then I quickly realized what I already knew, but it really came to light. I was like, I have nothing in common with the people I surrounded myself with. So I had a lot of time to just sit there and think while I was uh, dropping in a Call of Duty Warzone with the boys. Um, and, uh, how long have you and your lady been together? See if you don't mind my asking.
0: Yeah, yeah, no worries. We started dating like kind of like probably a year and a half ago. Like, like very seriously, like it was probably end of 2020, I'd
1: say. So two years now. Yeah, But
0: we've known each other for like since
1: like 2016 i'd say right we've and known you, each other for and, years and you guys love spending time with each other yeah. i love spending time Absolutely. with my partner of course of course right i did not want to spend time with my partner i wanted to sit upstairs play video games come down get food take the dog for a walk i know Man, i've been there and i've been in relationships similar and that, repeat man. but at this point we're engaged i remember even uh the night before we got engaged or the night we actually got engaged i remember my uh, my best friend called me and he's like, and he knew, he knew from the get go. He's like, no Morgan, this isn't for you. But he wouldn't say that. You kind of lead a horse to water. He can't make a drink. Right. So he called me. He's like, Hey man, you sure about this? And I could tell by the tone he gave me, he was like, this ain't the right choice, man. And I was like, I'm too far in. I'm committed. I got to see it through. Cause it'll work out. I thought it would work out. I thought it would work out. I was like, yo, like if I marry this woman, things will get better. Um and uh not that things were horrible, obviously, like I said, like there's no violence, there's no substance abuse, no alcoholism. It was all there's right, no fighting, it, it was just, all right. the, it just it wasn't perfect. It wasn't me, yeah, it wasn't yeah, perfect, yeah. it wasn't perfect for me, and ultimately it wasn't for her because everybody deserves to have a partner that is one million percent all in. infatuated with yeah. them. And I wasn't so l- Few months went by. I kind of stuck it out. Um, I started my my new business with uh, my my partners at the gym I'm at now. My business took off, um, despite me working. Despite I was working through all the restrictions. And then I get home, they'd be like, "Did you wear your mask? Did you do this? Do you that?" And I'm like, "Dude, man, I'm just like so over this." And eventually, one day, uh, I got exhausted and and I just left. And what I did is because I realized I was like, okay, I was in a relationship when I was 19. I was too committed to something that wasn't for me. I didn't take accountability for myself, for my future, and I saw it through and look how it ended. My next situation I got myself in, I stayed committed. I didn't listen to, I didn't take accountability and I didn't listen to, to my intuition or the, those around me. And look where that got me. It took away three and a half years of my life and a lot, and a lot of opportunities and, who, and everything. Now, here I am again with a way more mild situation, but it's going to have drastic long-term effects for my goals and aspirations if I did not take accountability. I took accountability. I took $2,000. I packed my geese, my gloves, my TV, and my Xbox, and my Funko Pops. And I was like, I'm leaving. And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm out. And then I left. And that was the last time i seen her. Wow. And that was how I took accountability. Finally, after battling homelessness, substance abuse issues, and everything you can imagine in between, I'm telling you guys, it got really bad. One day when I read a book and you guys hear about bad, it really got, I'll come back here on the podcast and I'll give you guys all the juicy details. Um, But it, it got really bad and then finally i took accountability and i realized like no man i'm in, i'm in control of everything you are in control of everything as well you yourself you're in control of everything and you need to take advantage take control and run your life and that's what i decided to do yeah dude it's crazy i've been in that kind of pattern of life where it seems like
0: uh like it's like I'm I'm like this character that's in this story and it seems like the same story continues to fucking repeat over and over and over again until you realize you're like I'm I think I'm the one writing this book, man. Yeah.
1: 100% you are.
0: When when was like like obviously you you said it was in that relationship and and when you're like kind of seeing like okay i don't share the same values as everyone around me i don't really behave the same way i don't really think the same way but was there like a specific like do you think it was that phone call with your friend like was there a moment where you had that turning point of like i think i'm writing this book
1: no i realized i'm absolutely i realized i was absolutely obsessed and in love with the woman i'm with now and that was the turning point yeah yeah just happened one day boom did you already know her while you were in that relationship? I, I mean, did. Yeah, yeah. She was a client of mine actually. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. She was a sweet little thing, little little Muay Thai killer, southpaw too, badass. I love
0: the way you talk about it. That's I so it. sick, I adore. dude.
1: Boss at her work too, man. Chief of staff, sales expert, phenomenal human being. Oh yeah, man. Dancer, gymnast. Fuck yeah, dude. The dream that's so sick
0: yeah i I remember um like even when my relationship started I was in a point where I was like kind of too scared to go into another relationship because I was I've had like a bunch of toxic relationships in the past I was dealing with like a lot of depression anxiety and I was like at a point where we were like kind of talking hanging out kind of thing and I was like man i I don't know if I can risk getting in a relationship again like I'm just starting to feel okay and I didn't want to risk it and i said that to her i'm like i don't know if i can do this and she's like no we're gonna do this we're gonna keep going i'm like holy fuck she is the one sick let's
1: fucking go i'm like
0: yo i love this confidence in us like this is so sick did you did you have moments like when like uh maybe this is prying a bit too much did you have moments where you were kind of doubting like is this the right path for me
1: oh of course yeah because and then and then uh of course i did and that just becomes from we talked about last week and i think i mentioned it today already but that no maybe i didn't that plague of average in society where Mm -hmm. people settle Mm -hmm. because they get scared to go outside their comfort zone and and take risks and whatever that's Um, exactly how i felt and that was that started off for me very young because me and my me and my mother grew up like super poor but my mother worked super hard um but it was a very like, uh, here, hold on. I forget the word I'm looking for. But I remember I was like talking with my other buddy about this. Here, hold on. What's the word I'm looking for? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, retraction. Yeah. Or the word retraction. So I get used to a lot of like retraction. When things get tough, like hold on to what you have. Con- conserve what you have. Um, so that's where the idea of risk, like no, like you could have it worse. Like be happy for what you have.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't risk, losing, don't what risk losing what you have. Don't risk
1: losing what you have. Even if man. you
0: feel like you're like at a six. You're like, don't risk losing this because you could yeah. be at a four. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but I could also be at like a fucking
1: eight, nine, yeah. maybe a ten, ten. Right? Yeah, man. All of us can. Everybody can. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason anybody should settle thing for for any less than, uh, than what they deserve. But that also doubles in the sense... You have to. You you can't come from a, a, a place of entitlement. You have to work on yourself, progress yourself, and put yourself in a position where you're you're that you're what you want. Yeah. Because your partner is a reflection of who you are. That's that's your relationship. That's why they also call it a partnership. Because it's your partner. So you have to be a reflection of what your partner is. So if you want this knockout, ten out of ten, hardworking, motivated, ambitious. Wonderful human, you have to be that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's. I was actually going about to get to that because I feel like, especially as men, like if you're like if you've grown up as like an athlete or like you you made a lot of money in the past or make maybe you're making a lot of money right now or you know, there's a like uh, almost like a sense of like you you kind of touched on it, like a sense of entitlement. Like uh, I know, like pretty much, and I'll I'll be the first to say this. Like any problem that we've even had in our relationship, like Teddy and I. Is like because I take her for granted. Like it's like, you, you start to think like I'm a catch. You know what I right. mean? And you right. start to take it for granted, and you start to forget about the little things. Like uh, my one of my buddies, shout out to Zach at the Plaid Jacket Philosopher Podcast. He he was ha- he was talking to Mike about uh this guy named Mike that we know through. They were talking on their interview, and they were talking about relationships, and they were speaking about their wives. They're both like fathers of multiple children. And one of the con- concepts you are talking about is, like, you never stop dating your wife. Nope. And it's, like, something that I've had to realize recently where it's, it's like, uh, you can't take those things for granted. Like, it's, like, an endless, like, uh, not trying to impress them or trying to... I mean, I guess that does come into play. I think it does. But it it's, really does. it's, like... Uh, like that never ending, like I want her to feel special mm-hmm. and I need to work to do that. Like, it's not like just being with me is going to make anyone feel special. Nope,
1: not at all, man. It's, uh, it's like, think of like the jungle man, like uh, 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 a lion, lion? Yeah. A lion has his pride. A lion has his pride. He has uh, his many concubines, if you will. And the second he gets old and frail, some fucking young lion comes along, fucking whoops his ass. Takes all his bitches and fucking dips. You know what I mean? So uh, w- w- what it is, is like, yeah, if you don't continue to pursue excellence, your partner will leave you. And it's their, it's their right to do so. There's no reason. Like, same thing. Like, if you're, if you're lacking in, in, in whatever department and you don't complete the triangle for your partner, like, they they should go. Because you should do the same thing too, man. Mm-hmm. So that is a, uh, a pursuit of excellence that we we must continue to do. People people want to get lazy. Like you said, they take their partners for granted. So, so they get lazy. They start eating bad. They stop saying thank you. They stop holding the door open for her. Like stop buying her flowers. Whatever it may be. Everyone's love language is a little different, right? But people mm-hmm. get complacent. They stop doing it. And they wonder where the passion goes. Yeah, yeah. And it goes both ways. men, Men, men and women.
0: Oh, yeah, Even yeah, for course. sure i i'm just only speaking from my own perspective you know like it's but i I like that because i think that we get confused as well like pursuing excellence like even like for like someone like us like it's like pursuing excellence we could mistake that for just like oh i'm just gonna work 12 hours a day come home sleep you know have my meal and then uh rest and then go out so i can work more tomorrow Mm -hmm. and it's like um yeah you're providing for sure but there's like uh there's again, I'm gonna throw up the Peaky Blinders reference because I was watching it during my workout this morning. There's this so there's this moment where he's like kind of like handing his girl some money and he's like kind of like, Yeah, I protect the family, I give you money, like what more do you want? kind mm-hmm. of attitude. They didn't say that in those exact words, but I was kind of like looking at it and I'm watching it with Teddy and I'm like He's kind of being a prick. Like, like, what the fuck (laughs) is he doing, man? Like, he's not even listening to her. Like, there's all this. And it's like, pursuing excellence isn't just, like, being excellent at what you do. It's like also being an excellent partner. And that's one of the things that, like, for me, again, I I can admit, like, that's not something I've always been good at, dude. That is something that I've actually always, like, I I never was good at until, like, I have started to work on this now, you know? Like, it's something that's been a rude awakening for me, at least.
1: Mm. Yeah, man absolutely i totally agree with you yeah like all the way down to like the small things man so like uh one thing like is it i don't know if your girl's a big flower girl she loves flowers and flowers flowers, right she's flowers and big plant girl it's super i never
0: had plants before you can see I, i started collecting plants now that's good man
1: it's good and wholesome for the living environment to have plants in if you have life that can continue to grow and flourish in your environment it speaks a lot about the environment very good um, but yeah, like I, maybe not often as I should, but I don't forget to do it every now and then I go buy my girl flowers and it's a simple gesture. It takes me five minutes to pull over, run in $20, $50 for the flowers, depending what it is, nothing, small amount of money, take them home, give them to her. loves it. Super happy. And it's super, it's super easy and simple. And it's, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's an account again, it's back to accountability. It's an accountability thing. It's like, I want to impress my partner today. I I want to make her happy. Well, what can I do extra that would make her a little extra happy? Because it makes me happy to see my partner happy. I can do this. Mm -hmm. Super straightforward, super simple
0: yeah and it's not even about money like it's not even like about like buying like i don't know obviously buying flowers is a huge thing yeah but, like, this is just
1: my example yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah but there's like little things like just take a walk with your girl 100%. like just talk to her just like maybe rubber shoulders rubber back yeah. like and vice versa like dude, text like, her
1: in the middle of your work day like hey i'm thinking about you i miss yeah. you i'm looking forward to seeing you later Mm-hmm. or just like a little fo- yeah exactly like a little phone
0: call during the day little things like that like i um is that yeah? It's something I'm trying to get the hang of for sure, man. I do, I think it's something like it's a, yeah, it's an endless, it's an endless thing. Like it's never going to end. It's a, it's a consistent kind of, it's like hard work in and of itself. Yep, like 100%. you know we always say like hard work never stops because it doesn't. It never does. Nope, no. But man, that's fucking awesome. Here we are, just two dudes giving some relationship advice.
1: Like, yeah, dude, hundred percent. Just speaking from the heart, speaking from our experiences, man.
0: Yeah, cause I I. Uh, I've had those toxic relationships as I look back in my life and I think I start to think like, dude, I've been cheated on. I've had like that infidelity in relationships and it still haunts me to this day. Like those are traumas that you still like kind of, I don't know if you, if you've like still deal with that kind of like, um, yeah, those like kind of thoughts that creep into the back of your head. Those like, fuck man, like maybe I'm not good enough. Like maybe the, this, maybe my partner now won't like, will eventually find out I'm not good enough. I don't know. Like I hope I've always had. Like a feeling of inadequacy that kind of haunts me through those things. Right. And um, it wasn't until I started to, to like start to look at like what was my piece of that puzzle until it started, I started to get a little bit freed from it. I wouldn't say I'm 100% freed from it, but like I'd say like until I started to break those chains where it was like maybe I played a role in that. Maybe there was a reason why it happened and that's why I can stop it from happening again. You know, like, it was, like, taking the ownership of, like, you know, like you said, like, earlier, like, you had kind of, like, all these red flags in, like, past relationships where, like, it was going south and you kind of knew it. Yeah. And it's, like, well, yeah, no wonder, like, I, I look back at certain relationships, it's, like, no wonder I got fucking cheated on. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I wasn't providing what was needed. Yeah. And And it wasn't until I realized, like, I can actually impact that.
1: Yeah, Like, 100%. I'm not a victim. I, like, kind of did it to myself almost. Yeah. I mean, it's not fair that that's, that's the route that they choose. Obviously, like, that's not fucking, that's not an okay thing to do. That's not cool. But it does happen. Um, and it happens for a reason. It does, man. It totally does. 100%. Very often does it just, I mean, it's not, yeah. Very, very often, or not very often, sorry. Very rarely, I would say that it just happens the other person has a, a moment of passion because i i don't believe it, it could happen like i would never i in the relationship i am and now i would never just be somewhere with a stranger and then just have this fucking moment of passion or whatever it would just never happen it never happened because i also think that's because we just don't really do
0: those things anymore like it's like realistically there's no reason why i would ever be in that position yeah you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. F- like
1: physically be in that position be in that position yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. i agree I agree. It's, it's fucked up, man. It's kind of... It's, but it's, even then, like, being in that position, like, you, people put themselves in that position, I think. Yeah? People, yeah. People create that environment for themselves, whether they, like, consciously do it or subconsciously do it. They definitely, I feel like they do put themselves in that position because of the whatever factors they have surrounding their, their situation.
0: Do you you have moments where you kind of slip into, like, that victim mindset still? Like, where you're like, fuck, this happened to me, or I can't believe this happened to me, or how the... Like, why does this keep happening to me? Do you ever feel those
1: thoughts ever still, or...? Well... Yeah, here's what it is actually. So I'm gonna talk about this now because I doubt the the individual I'm talking about will listen all this way into the podcast. And if he does, well, tough luck, buddy. You're gonna have to listen to it. So <laughs> do I, something about it. Yeah, do something. About it. So <laughs> I have a. Uh, I have, come after me. I have a really good. Um, I have a really good uh, relationship with with my one uh, with my one business partner. There's this other business partner, and he's lazy. He's unmotivated. He barely does the bare minimum. Um. But he was in the partnership before I came along like a uh, really good relationship with the other partner then I come in Well, he definitely knows who he is now yeah he definitely <laughs> knows who he is now yeah uh,
0: this, this clearly won't make
1: the Instagram 100% clips 100% <laughs> we'll keep this out uh, so I, I I came in and uh and I just started doing my thing and my, my side of the business and uh, I'm helping the business grow and, I, and I'm doing my thing and then so what it was is the de- the deal came in I started at the gym I brought in I, st- I started the kicker they had a previous kickboxing coach it workout I came in I continued the program my thing was to to blow the program up and then do my personal training and then i pay uh, i pay my share of the lease so there i just pay a, f- a flat share of my lease no no extra like overhead or overhead like or anything like that so my job is to pay my share of the lease now i like to think that as long as i'm Doing that and behaving in a professional way and represent, representing the gym in a professional way, then that's all good. So some time goes by, and I'm, I develop a really good relationship with with the one business partner. And we're, we're really good bros, man. I love this guy to death. And uh, so we get along very well. Like, I quickly, like, oh, when I started, I was a purple belt, and this other guy was a brown belt. So I quickly, like, I come in. I join. I get my brown belt. I'm developing a good camaraderie with the team. I'm, I'm doing tournaments. I'm kicking ass. Most of the time. Sometimes I lose. Uh, I'm kicking ass. I'm winning medals. Like, fucking social media is blown up. I'm getting on podcasts with the homies. You know what I mean? I'm getting sponsorship. Things are going well. And then this guy it's like, I develop an amazing relationship. My life's going really good. Um, the kickboxing program is not taking off uh, as entirely as it should. My personal training is going really good. But I have some good, dedicated kickboxing students coming through to the program so anyway so some time goes by and then i i sense like some weird sour animosity out of this guy too right but all he does is fucking smoke weed all the time and he he doesn't train um and uh he behaves embarrassingly often so whatever it is what it is uh I just kind of like ignored the animosity. So, anyways, um, some renovations needed to be done at the gym that the landlord should have paid for. They didn't pay for, so I paid for it just out of my pocket. I was like, whatever. I, w- I want to get these reno's done. Uh, it's it, it's it's better for everybody, um, and it's it, it, it. They were super necessary renovations for the gym to continue and to continue to grow and be successful. super necessary. They were super necessary, <laughs> I love that. super necessary. Um, so I, I just paid from out of pocket, which uh, shouldn't have been an issue. This dumb motherfucker, this moron, fucking stupid, stupid, gets drunk, punches two holes in the wall that I newly renovated on separate occasions. Punched a third hole in another wall, actually. So I cover this hole up, the first You need those fixed. I was going to say I know a guy. My man. I I, I cover the first (laughs) one up, fix it, and then I I have a conversation with the other business partner. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And he's like, hey, man, we were all like... Drinking one night at the gym after training. Awesome. And it just got a little, it just got a little, which I think culturally that's cool. If you can hang out, have some beers, whatever, have a good time, right? Good camaraderie. And then he's like, yeah. And then it just got a little out of hand. I'm like, okay, that happens, I guess. Should it happen? No, but yeah, it's not the first time in history it's ever happened. Yeah, like right? Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys, right? Boys will be boys. Um, then it happened a second time in the wall that I renoed. And mm-hmm. then it happened and then, and then and then the conversation became very serious. And then it was like, yo, dude, like I had a conversation with the other business partner. He was on, on track with me. He had a conversation with this other guy. And then it seemed to be all good. The next fucking day, the guy does it again. Punt sober this time, I think. Might have been well, he was yeah, anyway. Probably not drunk. Who fucking knows? <laughs> um does it again and i fucking lose my mind i fucking blow up on this guy like i like i go off i'm like yo you're fucking embarrassing why would you do this this is so unprofessional he has a another a job that he goes to i'm like would you do this at your other place of employment he's like no man i need to be professional at my other place of employment what a dumb question and i'm like did you just fucking hear yourself (laughs) What the fuck? So anyways, I like can't get through to this guy. Um, I'm at the gym for like I said like 12-16 hours a day. So like I eat a lot, obviously, cuz I burn I eat like 4,000 calories a day. So I'm always eating. And then this guy just starts coming back at me with like random shit. And I'm just trying to get him to be like, "Yeah, I shouldn't have punched a hole in the wall. I'll fucking fix it." And then he's just like, "I can do what I want. This is my business." And I'm like, "This is my business too, dude." And
0: I've then I've been treated like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? And I'm like, yo, man, we're like, we're going to have like, and he's like, I like when the gym looks like that. It gives it character. And he's just making all these excuses. Like he's Mm. fucking insane. He's just like giving me the runaround. And then he's like, oh yeah. And then he starts going, you know what you do? You always eat while you're teaching. And then he's like, and you always do this and you always do that. And I'm just like, so again, this guy's not taking accountability. He's just making excuses for himself and just giving me the fucking runaround. So then anyways, uh, this conversation just like blows up. And then, uh, I end up, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I end up discrediting all his statements and it was a fucking waste of a kind the conversation took like an hour and a half, which is a total waste of an hour and a half. I'll never get back. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so the, the animosity that I saw building up like led to this and then he behaved in a bad way and then I addressed him and then he took that moment to make a situation. Nonetheless, and then he came back, and uh, then he came back, and since he was an actual owner of the business, he came back and and then there was like this whole like political issue and shoot at the gym. Long story short, I am no longer the head kickboxing coach of that program, and I just do personal training now. Um, how did I get into the story? What was your original question again? Well, I was just
0: wondering, like, if you fall into like kind of like these mindsets of like, why does this shit keep happening? Yes. Right? Okay.
1: So yes. Yeah, so the, the victim mentality thing. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, yo, man, like this is fucking whack. Like I lost like a good chunk of income every month, and then I, and then I, and then I was just like, oh man, like th- this is like his fault. Like I took a hit to my income. Da 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 da. But like, obviously, I played a part into it. Obviously, my greatness, I guess we'll, we'll call it just as a broad definition, my greatness caused this animosity and caused him to, to behave sour in this certain way. And that's what led to this situation. And momentarily I had, I was like, well, this happened. Like I should have seen this coming. I should have seen something like this coming. Or well, I should have been better prepared to deal with a rising situation like this so for a couple days i was like oh man that's fucking bullshit it shouldn't happen and i quickly got over that and just focused on what i could work on and what and what situation i could improve and and how i could keep doing and that's what it is is just continue to shine with my uh, success and uh, and show my value above his yeah
0: yeah I've I've been there too though I've been at like it's a lot different now because I work in a very small tight knit environment like it's literally just me my dad and my cousin for the most part we subcontract everyone else out so, I I've been there though when I've worked in gyms and I've worked in uh, like restaurants I've worked in tons of different places and you have like kind of like that resentment or animosity between people and you like I just like consistently I'm like I'm just gonna fucking kill him with kindness kind of thing. Like, that's that's always my mentality is, like, I'm just going to keep killing it with kindness. And then it took me a long time to understand, like, maybe I do need to address this. And maybe I need to address it in, like, a better way. Because, like, those, like, resentments, like, it's the same thing in relationships. Like, if you leave those resentments for long enough, it blows up.
1: It does. It totally does. And that, uh... yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think where... Yeah, because it's, it's super easy to have a conversation but it's what it is so a lot of humans are afraid of conflict um, and I think it starts a lot of like when we were kids and this is totally wrong of our parents to do it and every fucking parent doesn't you shouldn't do it but it's like uh, well, like why why because I'm the parent shut, sh, 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 shut up mm-hmm. stop talking you know what I mean you know what I mean? So then yeah, yeah, yeah. it's ingrained in us from a young age to kind of like be uh, to shy away from conflict for whatever reason. And a lot of that like kind of feels like conflict and it is kind of conflicting at times because like I believe that uh, the, the definition of conflict isn't like a really a violent interaction. I don't know what the, the actual definition, but I'm pretty sure it is just like having an opposed something to somebody else. Mm-hmm. and and that's and that's what conflict is but conflict gets this like really dark shadow if you will and then people shy away from it so much i mean it's just super easy to have a conversation if you're surrounded by level-headed humans that are ethically tied to uh the same source of beliefs that you have then the conversation should be easy
0: yeah yeah and so for yourself like is um do you think like going back into ownership of that place is a possibility? Is that
1: kind of something that you're looking forward to? Is that something that you're like kind of gunning for? Or you yeah, 100%. Of... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very committed to the, to the success of that gym, how, how, however it looks. That's fucking say In the proper way. But yeah, I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to be aware. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make all the, all the right decisions off that. But this story will definitely have a happy ending for me. I promise <laughs> yeah. you. I'm looking at the camera right now. If you can't see me, I'm listening. I promise this is gonna have a happy ending for me. I love that, man. I, I can't. I, I fall into like that bitter, like fucking
0: mindset sometimes, where like if I get crossed by something, I'm like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna fucking make my own thing. Like I'm gonna do my own thing." And I, it ends up I, I like shoot myself in the foot
1: that way because it's like maybe you do need some other people in your life. Like it's a lot easier to work as a team. Yeah, it is. It's way better. It's it's hard to do anything on your own, man. Like look at every every major. In. Look at any billionaire; they didn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. There's no way they didn't do it alone, not at all. Even yeah. uh, the richest woman on the planet, uh, her name Jeff Bezos' wife, rich off divorce, didn't do it alone. You know, she <laughs> needed sweet Jeff. She needed sweet Jeff to 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 achieve her to achieve her billions. She the know? richest woman in the world I his ex-wife she, on paper, anyways. I'm sure there's a, a Rockefeller. Or some queen Win, or like or some princess out in fucking Abu Dhabi or some shit. That's, well, does anyone, what's uh, that country, Ethiopia? No, what's that country that just discovered that gold deposit? Oh, I have no idea. I was going to say
0: Saudi. I thought all the Saudi guys were super rich. They are the super rich, but those are, those are all dudes. dudes.
1: There's no women. I think yeah. they're on the top of it, but yeah. More than like on paper anyway, she's the largest, uh, or the not the largest, the richest woman on the planet. We'll just go with it. Good for you, sweetheart. Got your money. Well done.
0: Man. I was going to say Elon Musk's wife, but he's probably smart enough to get a prenup.
1: I think, uh, what was well, he's got man? nine kids. You have nine kids? Elon Musk has nine children. I, I think Grimes, I think him and Grimes broke up. Hold on, let me pull up my phone here. Yo, shout out Elon Musk, man. But wouldn't Brian that
0: make her like, because he's the richest man in the world. So I don't think they, they were bro-
1: married. Not even common law? I don't know if that works the same in Canada as it does in the States. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder. Elon Musk is very well connected with a lot of lawyers. S- I was going to say, he's probably smart sure. enough to sign a fucking prenup, even it. if
0: they did get Because I thought they were married, but yeah, he probably uh, was. What?
1: Elon Musk had twins last year with executive Siobhan Zillis just weeks before his baby with Grimes was born. What? Yeah i don't know man people make it for sure is elon Musk, man, space daddy, 100%. Space daddy yo sweetheart i'll send you to mars let's dude, go that's so nice uh,
0: i thought he just had that one kid that was like uh had numbers in his name i th-
1: yeah i don't know it's a daughter do- is it a daughter i think it's a daughter like an airplane serial model and then like pie or something like that i don't know that's very awesome. interesting choice yeah it's fucking awesome you think
0: you'd name your kid that no, that's not me.
1: That ain't me. If you had, <laughs> but I'm not space daddy. So. Yeah, you're not space daddy. <laughs> yes, sure that's No, yeah. I want to name. Uh, I want my, my I want my children to have biblical names. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's powerful sick. biblical names.
0: I've got a very biblical name, man. Mark Daniel.
1: Yeah. Super very, biblical name. Yeah, hundred percent. Which is
0: funny because my family's not even that religious. Oh, like, interesting. I went to church as a kid, but I think uh, they asked my mom to not bring me anymore, and then she's fucking going. rude. Yeah, it was a weird church. It was yeah. a fucking about- a lot of churches are fucking weird. Man. I was young. I was I had a lot of energy. I was hopped up on sugar. I asked too many <laughs> questions. They were like, F-. like I, fuck I'm not this even, guy. <laughs> not even like questions like like uh, philosophically smart questions. Just like annoying weird yeah. questions. Why like, is the
1: chair brown?
0: Why do we have to sit this long? Yeah, like things like that, dude. Yeah, they're like, dude, shut the fuck
1: up. Uh, so yeah, it's good to ask. Us- we well, here. Hold on. Actually, we're gonna tell you that in a second Time out. I gotta use the washroom. Yeah, go for it, man. But yeah, dude, church uh, didn't uh, go too well for me actually. That, that no was- man. And the 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 th- idea I wanted to uh, spin off of that is, um, I think it's important to remind children when they need to listen. I think it's also important for children to ask questions, and this is for anybody. But I think it's important to have like a constructive conversation. If you're gonna shut it down, to be like, hey, man, like, uh, this is to really explain it to to someone playing like, hey, this is what we're doing right now like this is the task we're focusing on your question that you ask whether it has value or not does not pertain to the subject we are focusing on right now it is important to really focus on the work you have at hand to to take advantage of that opportunity or that situation to the to the the fullest of its benefit first just like hey don't stop because i said so Yeah, yeah yeah And I think
0: as well, it was just kind of like the culture of that church. I don't think there was a lot of young people there. Right. That was the other thing. Like, I remember we had like kind of like a weekend Bible thing where there was like other kids. But I think I was even like the youngest kid there. Like, I think they would probably be like teenagers. And I was like a fucking five-year-old or a six-year-old. Yeah. So, like, it was like, yeah, kind of a funny. It's funny now, though, because... I've been exploring different, like, kinds of, like, versions of spirituality that way. And I, like, even said to Teddy last week, I was like, do you think we should just try and find a church, like, around here? Like, and just start going by ourselves? Like, something like that. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something that I've, spirituality was something because of that experience I wrote off for so long. Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck that. That's like. Do you ever think about me checking out, like, a mosque? I'd be down to check out anything, Yeah, man,
1: 100% just go find a nice spiritual community. Check there's, it out There's a little bit of everything.
0: Especially in Richmond, there's so many different types of temples, man. There's such a diverse city. Like you could literally find any type of temple that you could think of in this city.
1: It's fucking it's insane. It's a beautiful city, man. It really is. Do you spend a lot of time out here? I, not, I used to, I come out here every like once a month usually at least to go to Steveston And right after this I'm going to Steveston Pizza You ever eaten Steveston Pizza? Hell yeah dude Fuck oh, dude, dude, damn we're going to get the marguerite too with extra basil Fuck Damn, me. I'm so excited But yeah, yeah um, the where that city job that my, uh, my ex's family that I mentioned before wanted me to settle into was with the city of Richmond My yeah. roommate works for the city of Richmond actually yeah. Sick job sick job really depends what you do yeah, yeah. it depends what you do but yeah give me like benefits union you, you name it like it is, it is just really a sick job It just wasn't the job for me
0: yeah i couldn't do it man i just when i especially union jobs i've got a lot of buddies that work in different union jobs and like i hear about how guys like um can just like pretty much fuck the dog and then still like keep their job and that fucking just pisses me off yeah, so yeah 100% much, man. 100%
1: Because our taxes pay that shit
0: not even just that, but it's like, why should you be rewarded for doing nothing, man? What the fuck? Because you hung this out is longer. The problem with society. Because <laughs> you hung out longer.
1: So here's the thing: so that people don't work hard enough. That's the one thing. But hard work alone isn't enough either. Because if hard work was the the key to success, my mom would be the most successful person on this planet. Right. You'd need need an important sense of direction, and uh, yeah, constructive outlet for your hard work to go. If you like, you can work as hard as you want as a as a as a janitor for as long as you want. It ain't gonna make you ten million dollars, man. It's just not. It's right. not going to.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a weird. I want to say juxtaposition, but I also barely know the definition of that word. But I was gonna say it's a weird, like catch twenty two, because you definitely need to work hard, super hard. But you're Fuck right, yeah. like it's like. Um, and i get this as well because like dude i i have like this mental health group that i run and we have like conversations all the fucking time we have like zoom calls every weekend we have like a group chat that we talk about and there's like um there's people in there that just grind and grind and grind and they're like what the fuck man like i get i can't get ahead i can't get this feeling of like fucking purpose or worthiness or and i just like there's all these and i'm not trying i'm not even thinking of like one person in specific right now to be honest there's like been a couple people where it's like there's an obvious lack of purpose like there's an obvious lack of you know there's no direction right right you know and like people will work their ass off for like certain companies and then they're like making minimum wage or maybe like if you're in like yeah, if you're working in the trades, there's no way you're making minimum wage. You're Fuck making, no. like, over $20 an hour no Fuck matter yeah, where you're you working. Like, people start off at, like, fucking $18, 19 $20 an hour. Like, that's minimum wage in the trades. Yeah, 100%. And uh, For, like, being the bitch on site, too. For sweeping. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, how long are you going to work hard at sweeping? Like you said, like, even if you get paid $40 an hour to be a janitor, do that for five years. See how much you love that. Yeah. Like, what? How how are you going to go home every single day and just not have a purpose? Yeah.
1: You gotta take the you gotta reinvest you gotta reinvest the the rewards of that time put in into something bigger did
0: you have you always had like the same kind of purpose that you have right now
1: no no definitely not i was just like in a survival instinct for a long time but i always had a hard work ethic and i'll tell you where it started from so i remember my mom was on welfare she was on disability actually. Um, so she can make an extra couple hundred dollars a month. I remember I would go door to door. I did door to door sales when I was like seven. That's the biggest grind. Yo, when I worked in the gym and I ran uh, like the
0: sales team, I remember one of the guys, like, uh, I call him up one time and I'm like, hey, um, like, what's going on, man? Like, I looked at your resume, like, kind of tell me about, like, I, I saw you worked for Tell Us. Like, what did you do? He's like, oh, I work door to door. Like, he's like, he's like, kind of gave me a roundabout answer. He's like, well, I did a bit of sales for Telus, and I'm like, okay, like, what kind of sales? Like, were you selling cell phones? Like, what kind of sales were you doing for Telus? And he's like, "Um, sort of. I was like selling like plans and like packages for people. I'm like, okay, like what? Like, what did you like? Can you tell me like what you were doing on a day to day basis? Like, run me through like your typical day. And he's like, I was doing door to door
1: sales. I'm like, come in. Right, now. yeah, <laughs> like, uh, you're I need you on my team. Man. Let's go. Yeah, anybody that can ha- do door to door sales, man, that's fucking, that's awesome. So I did that shit when I was seven. We would deliver Sears catalogs, go to door to door. But boom, boom. Oh, catalog, two dollars. Shit it was two dollars at the time, man. Two bucks. That's fucking sick. Yeah, we collect the money, and then <sighs> mom would go to the depot, leave me sitting waiting in the car. This is back in the nineties when you could do that, leave somebody waiting in the car um nowadays they call fucking child services on your ass yeah fucking pussies <laughs> anyways uh and then yeah she would uh you're like i was just a, sw- a sauna for me man chilling man posted seven years old posted listening to fucking country music 93.5 or point seven fm something like that
0: 937 yeah shout out to jrfm
1: shout out to Jr FM, and then uh and then we would go home and then uh then the, the life would continue on yeah that's where that's where my hard work ethic started so yeah it was just like survival at that time i remember even like and then my mom battled like own issues of her own so at one point she wasn't working and she was just on disability and i remember there wasn't like a whole lot of food in the house and i remember one time i like went out i just went out i was like probably like eight probably eight i went out and just like walked around the neighborhood walked along the highway i collected bottles and cans and I went and cashed them in at this fucking uh, at this beer store. But they had, like, a cash-in window, so I didn't actually have to go in the beer store. And I was like, hey, man, I got all these cans. And the dude was like, where's your mom? And I was like, "Yeah, He's like, all right, man, cashed them in. And then I went to the local convenience store, and I bought some, uh, some canned food and some bananas, and I took it home. And then my mom was like, what? And I think it was a crazy moment for my mom, because I remember, I don't remember her reaction exactly, but I remember it was very dramatic. Very dramatic, rightfully so, like, if I was a parent and, and then my eight-year-old went out and collected bottles to bring food in, I'd be like, holy fuck, I'm doing something wrong. Something bad happened. And nonetheless, you know, I'm not dogging my mom at all. God bless her heart. I love my mom to death. And she did the very best that she could with everything that she could. Um, so that's it. And then that, that continued on. And then, uh, and then I just re- I like really love sports and I found that as an outlet for like all the, uh, all the, all the traumas that i i faced as a child and and throughout um remember even actually we'll talk about this since we're talking about the traumas of my life i remember my mom was uh dating this i don't remember if he was like a drug dealer or like was on he was definitely on drugs he definitely he did meth and uh yeah, I remember he definitely a drug user. A drug user. Definitely a drug user. He had sure a business making, as well. Oh, he okay. had a business as well. He uh he um he painted houses. I remember he painted a lot of houses too, because I remember going to work site and hanging out with like him and generally put really nice nice dude to me anyways, like and all his employees were super nice to me. But, yeah, they had some, like, weird fucking shit going on that I found out. At a young age, too, I was probably, like, 10, and I found out these dudes. When I was 10, I found out all oh, these dudes man. were, like, doing meth, and then, like, they were, like, bisexual, so they were doing oh. fucking weird shit. And then this one dude was dating my mom, and since my mom was so infatuated with him, I remember my mom was just, like, at one point paying this dude. We didn't have any money. We had barely any money. My mom was paying was this dude paying to, come sp- to come spend time with her. What the fuck? Yeah. What yeah. The fuck? Yeah, man. It was it was t- it was su- super tough situation, and I remember, and I don't know, something just came over me one day, and this is fucking crazy. I remember we needed help from our family, and my mom hadn't really got a didn't get along from my grandma for whatever reason, because of my mom's mental disability. She just had a hard relationship with with the other members of her family, and that's that's whatever that is between her and them. I love my family to death, all of them. Every family's got that kind of shit. Of man. course, yeah. Every everybody's got their shit, right? Hundred percent. Um And then I remember, like, I remember it was, like, really bad. And this is, like, I remember I saw that Facebook post where we, like, found the needle in our house when we came home one day. Mm I remember about that Facebook. This was around that same time. And I remember shit was really bad. And I was like, yo, man, we need help. We need to get my family here. I don't know how. And I fucking lit my bedroom on fire. I was 10. I lit it on fire. Because I knew help would come. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, the fire department. Like, family will come. Help will come. Help will come. And I remember, like, uh, and uh, I don't think I've ever still explained this to my family to this day. And I don't know how many of them are actually going to listen to this podcast. But uh, I remember I did it because I knew they would come and I knew they would help. And I remember then I was a villain. I was villainized for even as young as I was. I was villainized for a long time. Like, they showed up and, like, nobody could explain what was happening. They're like, how did the fire start? My mom was like, I don't know. I was sleeping. So I lit the fire, woke my mom up. I was like, Mom, let's go.
0: You might have just admitted to a crime. You know that, right? Yeah,
1: but I was 10. But I admitted it to the police there that day too. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That was 10 years old. Yeah. I I remember, uh, I remember, uh, like, nobody got hurt. Um, Nobody got hurt. I, I got my mom out of the house ready. I was like, Mom, there's a fire. Let's go. Oh, shit. Let's go inside. Um, uh, and I remember too, we came out and I ran back inside, and the fire got kind of bad. and I ran back inside to grab the phone <laughs> so my mom could make some calls. And my mom was like on the phone, like, I'm like, there's a fire. And then I went, like, knocked on the neighbors, got all the neighbors because we lived in like a quad, quadru- quadplex. Do I, yeah, sure. Yeah, like four. So, like, top level, two top level homes, two bottom level homes. Okay, okay. So, yeah, we went and got the neighbors out of their house. Um, I remember, I just, like, yeah. Uh, so, the fire department show up, the police show up, the, my family member, my our family lived two and a half hours in a small town away from Prince George, so they're like, okay, we're on our way. Um, and then, uh, so a couple hours go by, everyone starts showing up, and then, uh, and then the I don't know the the, the police because my mom was like, I don't know what happened. Like my son woke me up, so then the police called me over, and they're like, all right, yo, man, like, why don't you tell us, tell us what happened? And I remember I just broke down in tears. And I was like, I did it, I did it, and I was like, my mom needs help, and they were like, what? And then, I, but I didn't know how to verbalize it, cause I'm fucking ten years old. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to verbalize my mom's dating this fucking bisexual meth addict. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he's taking he's taking money away from her. Uh, I didn't know how to uh, vocalize that. So then I was just villainized right away. I had a cat. The cat died in the fire, unfortunately, Fuck. like asphyxiation due to the smoke. And then I remember my godfather. Um, still, a man I look up to greatly. I remember he like took me inside and flipped the couch and like grabbed me by my neck and made me stare at the cat. He's like, "Look at what you caused," and I was just like, "Holy fuck!" It was a fucking crazy experience, That's man. It was nuts. a crazy experience, and I had to I've I never verbalized it all to them to this day because everyone was just like, "How could you do such a thing?" And then I felt really bad because I'm ten, so everyone was like, "How could you do such a thing?" And I love that yeah, cat this so remorse, much, yeah, yeah. And I was just I just felt so bad, and then I ended up just like uh just bottling it up with everything else, so. Then I took on sports, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then I got a job as soon as I, got, I turned 13. I got a job as a as a gas jockey at a local gas station. Um, started like paying for my sports, cleaning the gym that I worked at, as I, as I mentioned last time too. Um, just like w- working on what I can, doing what I can, and sports was my outlet. And then, uh, and then I got r- really good. Like I said, I started one of five, but then I won like eight in a row, and then had a bunch of fights. And everyone was like, "Yo, man, you can totally like make it to the UFC." And I was like. My skills were sharpened and refined right around the same time as you know who Jeremy Kennedy is, right? Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Jeremy Kennedy. Fuck. One of the best fighters on the damn planet. So I came up at like the same time as him. So I was in that class of guys. And we all know how that class of guys from BC particularly did. Fucking savage. Fucking animals, dude. Yeah. Um and then so then I I began to thrive. And then the bad shit happened with that relationship as I spoke about to about an hour ago. And then uh and then I turned into a, a survival survival instinct again. Then I caught out of that, began to prosper. And as I continued to prosper, I can realize I was like, oh, yo, I can use my my bad times to really like change the lives of a lot of people. And a lot of good things can come out of the bad experiences that I've had. So now I'm in a thrive, prosper, grow, and do that for everybody around me that I can. I want to make life as good as I can for everybody. I want everybody around me to find wealth, happiness love prosperity self-confidence and i'm gonna and and that's my mission every single day yeah every single day
0: i love that man because i i see like very similar kind of not journeys that way but realizations between the two of us because i think that both of us have come to the same conclusion i think that a lot of people do which is like i want to be the hero i needed like i want to be like because that's even why i started this podcast like i in terms of like the the trauma that i went through it's like i need to be the guy that kind of shows people like it's okay to fucking talk about these things it's okay and whether you do like whether that's someone like listening to that resonates with my story or someone else that comes on like onto this podcast there's going to be a plethora of stories that are out there like hundreds and hundreds of episodes i'm never going to stop fuck yeah you know what i mean like and it's for me, like, I can see the same kind of, like, drive in your eyes where it's, like, I'm going to provide the fucking, like, the, I'm going to be the hero for the next kid that's like me. Yeah. And it's so crazy because, and this is something that I've talked about so many times, but I don't, it's interesting to get so many different people's perspectives on it. But I'm wondering, like, what do you think is that catalyst? Because there's, you know, when you look at people, like say, like this guy you're describing, like the fucking guy who works in the trades, and this is really common—the guy who works in the trades, he does fucking drugs, he fucks up his life, he's taking money from people around him, he's fucked. Like literally, like that's the way I would describe it. That person's fucked. Yep, They're it's a fucked great description.
1: Up, it's perfect. <laughs> They're
0: fucked. It's a perfect description. And and you hear about these people, you see these people, and you're like, what makes a person like that? And if you ask them, they'll say, well, you know, this happened to me. I got dealt this hand of cards. I got fucked up early in life and all these different things, right? Like you, excuse me, you hear them justify their shitty fucking existence with something that happened to them that was really shitty in the past. Yeah. And then you see the greatest fucking people of all time, no matter who your fucking idol is. Like I buy their books because I'm fucking obsessed about hearing about all these different people that became great. You know, And you hear about what made this person great. And if you ask these people, they say it's because at an early age, I went through this thing that was fucked up and I knew I don't ever want to repeat that. I don't want my kids to repeat that. And I want to fucking save other people from that as well. So you see the greatest fucking people and then you see these fuck ups and you ask them what made you like this? And they say, this traumatic thing happened to me earlier the exact on in life. same thing it's the same fucking thing
1: one went this way one took the red pill one took the blue pill
0: right yeah but it's like for me I've always wondered what is the difference
1: I don't fucking know dude I've always wondered that myself and I swear because like for dude, me personally i've 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 felt super religious super faithful I've felt the the touch the word of God if you will throughout my life on, on many different occasions when i've and both equally when I've like been fucking up and when, when I've been doing very good um, and who I who I view as God or some people might view as the universe, it may be just a matter of fact that some people are destined to be great and some are not. Maybe, or maybe not. Maybe there is something in between that, that, that causes the the switch that causes the flip because like, i use it i'll use a I'll use a really obese person as an example no matter how many times you tell them hey man that food's not fucking good for you they don't fucking listen they keep eating it and then one day they're fucking 400 pounds with all these health issues mm. and then even sometimes sometimes then they flip then they lose the weight and then they do it and then sometimes they don't and then they die in an early age and I don't, I don't know man and that's it's like another one is like people who smoke cigarettes it is. Been there's there, all the Fuck. evidence on the planet that smoking will either kill you or cause an early death, or give you a lot of fucking problems in between, cost you a lot of money, and people still do it, mm-hmm. even with all the information out there. So I, I, don't know what it is, man. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I'd have known you were gonna ask that question. I would have put some deep fucking thought into that on my way over. <laughs> I would have meditated on that hard. I've been like, damn, what is it?
0: It's so. It's know, so man. weird, man. It's so fucked up because you hear about all these, yeah. Like, literally the greatest people you could think of in the world, they've gone through all these fucked up things. And then, like, bro, I've been, like, I used to volunteer on the downtown east side. Like, we went for weeks and weeks and weeks, every single Wednesday, handing out, like, clothing and food, et cetera. I been like, my first YouTube video I ever made, actually, it wasn't the first one I ever published, but it was the first time I ever recorded, like, interviews, was interviewing people on the downtown east side and you hear about their stories and you hear about all these traumatic events that they went through and it's like how does this create how is this like a monster for some people that just haunts them for the rest of their lives and for other people it's the greatest
1: gift they've ever had i don't know bro i'll use an i'll use a, a historical example here so you've watched a lot of documents on hitler right oh yeah adolf yeah. hitler Very brilliant, bright mind at one point, but we all know the monster he he turned to be. Obviously, the Holocaust. Like everyone, is historically up to date on that. A lot of people really close to him attempted assassinations on him a lot of times. And uh, have you seen that? Like a lot of like the bomb going off and the plane went off early uh I, I forget there was like a poisoning one There is one time that, that yeah i could go off about a couple of them there's yeah. one
0: time he almost got shot like literally inches away and it hit some other nazi yeah right but like before they were even like it, it was like uh there's this famous like night uh i think it's like the barroom putsch or something like that it's right before he goes to jail and writes mein Kampf right but it's like this riot he basically starts and a, a police officer I think it's a police officer an SS officer shoots at them and it hits a Nazi right beside Hitler. Like that was like one of the closest calls he ever came to death. But yeah, there's a bomb that goes off in a bunker. It blows out his eardrums, it fucks him up, but he co- he ends up walking away fine yeah. like Yeah.
1: So all these attempted assassinations on one of the most heinous dudes. To ever be in a leadership position across the entire
0: world. And he can't drop. Can't drop. The story says he drops himself with a cyanide pill for his wife. There's no fucking way. That guy went to
1: Argentina, dudes. That guy went to Argentina, (laughs) was hanging out, man. Fuck. Nonetheless. You watch the show (laughs) Hunters? There's a show called Hunters. Hunting Hitler? No, no. no, Hunters.
0: There's a show called Hunters on Amazon Prime. It's fucking unreal.
1: You ever see the one with Tim Kennedy, Hunting Hitler? No, but that Tim, shows Kennedy's a Tim Kennedy's a bad I was just motherfucker. telling my girl about Tim, Tim Kennedy. Kennedy you're one of the baddest motherfuckers to ever walk this planet. And I hope one day I get to train and then sit and have a good conversation with Yo, you, my man.
0: I, I'll show you some shit later, actually. One of my friends uh, his kids go to Tim Kennedy's school That's in Texas. Dope. That's uh, so I'll show sick. you pics after it's really so shout out to Matt and Whitney, dude. Fucking what
1: sick. A master of his
0: craft. Dude. But um, why did I bring that up? What was I going to say?
1: Oh, we were talking about just, like, uh, the catalyst of the universe of why people do bad things, bad things. So I, my idea was, like, the thing of, like, destiny. Things are, like, meant to happen in certain orders. Perhaps. Maybe not. But perhaps.
0: Oh, dude, the show Hunters. I was going to tell you about that. But, sorry, finish your thought.
1: Oh, yeah. It was just, like... Maybe the, the dude that's fucking up his life in the trades is, like, maybe meant to... Who knows? I don't know the downtown east side. I don't know. But you take an example of, like, Hitler, who before those... Was doing bad things when those assassinations were attempted and continued to do nasty things after that. Way more nastier things. We all know, like, the, the end, end result, right? Always something there. Just, just off a little bit for whatever reason. Yeah.
0: And I think... Um Yeah, Hitler's such a funny fucking weird guy because, uh, well, I shouldn't say funny, but funny like... Wasn't he a vegan? (sighs) I thought I I read that somewhere.
1: He was kind of, I thought he was vegan. Maybe he wasn't. I don't
0: know, but I was going to say... Or vegetarian, maybe. Part of the reason he's probably ended up being so fucked up is because, well, there's a lot of reasons, but uh, dude went to art school. Originally, and wanted to be like either an artist or an architect. He studied; those are the two things he studied. Right. And obviously, he didn't follow those
1: paths. But he did build the autobahn. Well, he
0: enforced slaves to
1: build. enforced slaves to build the autobahn. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, he enforced slaves to do a lot of things, but yeah. like the railway system, autobahn, like he did kind of use that skill a little bit.
0: Actually, little. I think it wasn't even. Sl- it could have been slaves, or I think, to be historically accurate, I think that that was when he was trying to, quote-unquote, stimulate the economy and create jobs. Right. But it was just, like, uh, basically right Which he
1: did do. Yeah. Which he did do. It was In kinda, comparison it was like, to how Germany was after World War One when people were taking, literally, wheelbarrows of money to buy milk and fucking bread. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They were in super fucking debt. Yeah. This is like, yeah. And then uh, they got a bunch of fucking loans from the Americans and then Wall Street crashed and America was like, pay up, bitch. And then Germany was like, we've got nothing. Yeah. So they're fucked. And then their economy went to shit. Yeah, yeah it was it was a fucked up thing. I've, I've been, yeah, I watch a shit ton of documentaries, man. But what I was going to say is like obviously he had a passion for other shit and that never fucking, he never pursued it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, And it's like, uh, yeah, dude, if you got a purpose calling you and you don't fucking answer that call, it's going to fuck you up in many ways. Man. 100%. So you could be the next fucking Nazi. <laughs> 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 and that's how we get canceled.
1: Oh, uh, fuck. I love that, dude. Oh, my God. People oh. love hating Nazis, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know fucking-
1: the term fucking... You are thinking about the January sixth insurrection, whatever the fuck they call it. Mm-hmm. People love hating on Nazis, mm-hmm. quote unquote Nazis. Yeah, man, fuck. That won't be what get us canceled. I'm pretty sure I'm said ret- I said retarded like four times last week. That's what's going to get us canceled.
0: Yeah, and I said people were fucked too. So people but, are fucked. But um,
1: I think it depends on who you say is fucked. Because if I say,
0: I think if so, I think we could all agree if someone's doing math and they're taking money from
1: people around them, they're fucked. Yeah, that's fucked. But I could say Donald Trump is fucked, and I wouldn't get canceled. But he is fucked though. Yeah, 100% he is. <laughs> yeah. But his fucking foot. But up. Biden's twice is fucked. Biden's <laughs> choice is fucked. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, what a brilliant mind though, man. Donald Trump. Amazing businessman, really. When you think about it. Yeah, I mean. This guy no. went from claimed bankruptcy three times and went from owning hotels and doing the apprentice to being the president of the most powerful country in the entire world. Yeah. You're yeah. a real life meme. Greatest
0: publicity guy ever. Ever. Yeah, yeah. He's marketed. I
1: have never seen. That's how you know you're doing. But something right. but you guys. I have also never thi- seen anyone more unanimously hated by every major media outlet in the history of ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. I was gonna say you could you could also look at our fucking fearless tyrant lead, I mean, leader, uh, going from drama teacher to fucking tyrant of Canada. It's, it's
1: incredible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty really sick incredible. Too. Piece of shit, but. Incredible. Great vibe. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible, really. You gotta like you always gotta respect your enemy a little bit.
0: It's fucked, yeah. man. It's super fucked. Um, dude, this fucking show. This is what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, Hunters. This show, Hunters, dude, is uh do you know Operation Paperclip? I do not.
1: Bro. Sounds familiar though. Sounds
0: familiar. Bro. As a guy who's into conspiracies, man, so Operation Paperclip is right after the Second World War. Okay. You got like literally the greatest fucking scientists ever in, in in Nazi Germany, right? Like these guys are developing fucking crazy fucking weaponry, crazy fucking like insane, not being used for good things whatsoever. Yeah. I'm just saying, like you've got insane. Like the Nazis were unanimously famous for taking the greatest scientists in Europe and converting them th- with a gun. Yeah. They're like, you're a Nazi now, or you're dead now. Yeah. Those are your options. Oh shit. So the Nazis have all these great scientists, right? And they're fucking designing all these fucked up gas chambers, all these fucked up things. But after the Second World War, you, ha- you have like the famous Nazis, like uh, all the- all these fucking people that are in like Hitler's... Like the guy
1: that headed the NASA program, what was his fucking name? So
0: this is the thing, bro. So this is the thing. So after the Second World War comes the Cold War, right? Right. And Cold War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that ended so long ago. Yeah, yeah, so anyways, 100%. there's this Cold War. And you basically have, like, America and Russia being like, we need to get the greatest scientists in the world. And where do we fucking know where they all are? They're, they were collected. And so there's this race, basically. Like, you got to think of it this way. Like, if you and I start going to war right now, yeah, I'm starting to think, yo, I got to get the best people on my team before he gets the best people on his team. Yeah. I got to get to them quick. So you have both sides basically harboring Nazis. And they're basically saying like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an American passport. And this isn't even a conspiracy, bro. This is something you can fucking...
1: This is legit. No, this is 100%. You can, you yeah, can look yeah. this shit up. Because that's what happened to that to the head of NASA. So Why I forget his name? This is, anyway. this is
0: how this all happened. Operation Paperclip. They say, hey, I'm going to give you an American passport. We're going to give you a new name. We're gonna give you fucking. We're gonna protect your identity. Just come on over here and do some science for us, and that's Operation Paperclip. Mm. And so there's all of these fucking Nazis literally living in America. Yeah. And in, this in show, very
1: comfortable, very comfortably living in America. Fact, like yeah. that's
0: a fact. Yeah. This show is probably fiction. Excuse me, but I don't actually know. But this show is about a group of people hunting
1: these fucking Nazis down. You have to fucking like, watch it like executing them. Yes. Oh Bro. shit. Fucking sick. Dude, you Damn.
0: have to watch this fucking
1: show. That's crazy.
0: It's I'm not a big Amazon guy. I sorry Jeff Bezos but like not a big Amazon guy, but you need to watch this show, dude. It's it fucking insane, Damn, dude. It sounds fucking nuts. They literally like yeah, fucking execute
1: the bad so it's amazing when you think if you about like them. watching Nazis die like bro I like Nazi stuff man yeah and Glorious Bastards oh the, yeah the uh, Bear Jew yeah, yeah the Bear Jew with his fucking Louisville Slugger man holy shit so fucking cool um, but what was, I was gonna say is okay can you remind me of the name of that guy who was uh, the head of NASA Who's the former Nazi scientist what was that guy's name that guy's seen a lot of shit Or just looking it up here for those that are are listening at home, looking up this information. Warner von Braun. Yes. So I remember, like, imagine all this shit. Because, like, the United States, we all know, bro. The United States government's got their fair, dirty mitts and a a lot of stuff. This guy came from Nazi Germany, then to head NASA. No, no,
0: no. Wikipedia says he's a German American. He's just. Right. Yes. (laughs) Wikipedia,
1: very reliable. Oh, wait. What's this next
0: line? Was a member of the Nazi party and the SS and leading figure in the development of rocket technology in Nazi Germany,
1: pioneer of rocket and space technology in the United States. Yes. Weird. Crazy. So anyways, when he, right before he died in his final memoir, I forget what the whole tangent he went on. He's like, yo, uh, there's always evil, large evil powers at work. And he's like, and I've been on both sides western and, and over in europe and he said he'd been through all of it and i forget exactly what the quote was but i remember what the last quote was and he said no matter what we did no matter what the plan was no matter what malice intent and money was pumped behind it he said god always wins that was his final quote his memoir was god always wins that's fucked man. that's crazy so he gives you good hope no matter yeah. what. People want to be like, oh, the world's doom and gloom. Like, oh, look at like whatever your side of the argument is. They're like, oh, look at all these like, uh, like uh, white supremacists in the court. And then you're on the other side. You're a little more right-wing. So you're like, look at all these fucking communists. Communists. Edwards, either and, a
0: communist or a Nazi.
1: Nowadays. Yeah, a communist yeah. or a Nazi. That's what it is. Uh, and then you really like look at the large picture. They like, go, man, like I'm going to put myself in a position where I can effectively financially and socially change the issues i i I have a problem with i'm going to create a beautiful world for myself because the planet is a wonderful place it really is there's bad shit in it there's bad shit everywhere imagine being a zebra yeah it's as an example you know what i mean you want to talk about the nature of things like a zebra's chilling one day and he gets mauled by a pack of lions and he always has to live with that like possibility you know what i mean so there's good and bad everywhere you never see like a depressed zebra though fuck no (laughs) Fuck no, man. Fucking, you were chilling, happy, gaw, 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 making his fucking—I don't know. Is that a noisy, make, I don't fucking know, man. I have no idea. But that's gonna be a funny audio. Uh, uh, but uh, Fuck, dude. you know what I mean. It's not all doom and gloom, man. There's a lot of opportunity. Money is the most readily available asset on the planet, and uh, it's, it's, it's all good, man. It's all good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. It's it's funny how like everyone's looking to point the finger at like yeah the right wing guys are like communists and then the, the left wing guys, guys are, like, are like fucking nazis, nazis yeah. and you're like you do understand that both of those ideologies just feed off of dividing society literally like, it's like not a
1: political the, it's not a political spectrum like it doesn't go like this it's a circle mm-hmm. it's a political circle and fucking both those. Extreme dummies on both ends just meet at the bottom. Yeah, to divide each other in division. They're just
0: like literally, it's all about division. Yeah. Either way, they're always trying to put someone else because, like, the communists of like if you want to view it that way, it's like the communists will always want to be like rich and poor, like class. They they always want to divide everything into classes, and the Nazis are usually looking at like race and shit like that. Yeah. And it's like, why are we always trying to put each other in boxes? Like, it seems like. It's only the bad guys that want to divide society. Yeah, the
1: powers that be divide society very well. They do. Because they attack people on their emotional, emotional scales, and humans are very emotional beings. And there's very little humans that can separate emotion from logic. That's just the way it is, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny actually. When you say that, I remember literally in my first. Um This is just a weird random tangent that I'll go on. But, I like, in my first, like, I remember when I did sales training. That's what they would tell you is, like, humans make decision based off emotion, not logic. It's true. They do. So you have to make that emotional connection. But it's crazy how, like, social media algorithms and media work the opposite way. Like, it's like they're just trying to feed off. Because, like, when you're in sales, you want to get basically you want to get them to feel you know like how do you how do you think you're going to feel like i remember when i used to sell personal training like yeah. that was like the thing i used to say to people is like like how do you think you're gonna like what kind of goals do you have what kind of blah, blah 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 like oh you want to lose x amount of weight why is that oh so you can pick up your daughter oh so you can do this like what how do you think you're gonna feel when you're able to play catch with your son like all these things and they're like oh you're like selling the dream you yeah. know yeah, yeah, yeah and it's like crazy how media and social media all these things are the opposite they're like selling you the what happens if this person does that to you. Yeah. What happens if this does this like and they're, and then it's like, like yeah. selling the nightmare. Oh yeah. You're yeah. like scared and, and you're just, running from hell. And people just
1: fucking bite onto it like crazy man. So it even
0: me dude, I get on I get into that shit sometimes I too. I used to be
1: really bad for it. I used to be really bad for it. Um yeah really bad for it myself i'm happy i've, I've pulled away from that a, a lot but yeah i used to be i used to be bad for it yeah
0: fucking nuts dude i think that's uh i think we're wrapping it up man all right brother It's another fucking two hours
1: damn just like that fuck it was good though man i like this one a lot i float a lot better than last time i had fucking stage fright I was like, ah,
0: I'm nervous. Dude, it didn't show. I was actually, I just edited it the other day, and I was like, this is fucking sick. Sick, nice. Okay, so, good. I'm happy. I'm happy. Round two went well as well, man. I'm excited for round three. Hell yeah. We got to um, get Tristan out
1: here for the next one.
0: Yeah, dude. Shout out to Tristan. Fuck yeah. The dude that actually got me, he got me into jujitsu. The guy that got me, he even got me into competing. There was a time, I'll, I'll share the clip right now. We'll rewind back to it. But there's this time where, uh, actually, no, it won't be right now. I'll explain it first. There's this time that he came <laughs> on the podcast and he's like, literally said, you're going to compete on this day. And I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about, man. Now you're going to see it. That's so sick, man. Um, man, I- I'm so fucking excited, too, just because. Yo, your first competition's coming up, brother. How do you feel? Dude. Let's go. I love that you just out me like that. (laughs) Let's fucking go. So Tristan's been talking. I, I actually, yeah, this will be out way before then, but... Yeah, Tristan's been talking me into competing. So I don't even know the details, but why don't you so, give yeah. me the details? Uh, April 23rd, I believe it's in Langley. It's like Langley at Trinity Western University. So jiu-jitsu competition. It's going to be Mark's very first jiu-jitsu competition. <laughs> Buddy's fourth stripe white belt. Like you have to get the competition experience before you go to blue belt. You don't want to go to f- be a fresh blue belt, get your first competition at blue belt. You got to get some competition experience at white belt, Mark. Yeah, he just you got You lo- locked him in. Now yeah, he has to do it. He has you okay, know? So okay, yo, in. you have to coach me then. Yeah, to- <laughs> one thousand <000%. laughs> percent. I will be there. Coach I'll coach you. you, and then I will. You will watch me compete and coach me too.
1: Okay, okay, real yeah. talk. That's what I'm about.
0: Let's go. But yeah, dude, love that clip. Um, but that's pretty much it, dude. I'll let you fucking go on on your day, and I'm sure you got shit to do. I, I dude. A little bit of my chores. I still got a little bit of chores left to do and a little bit of editing, but fuck yeah, dude. Thank yeah. you so much for Driving to through.
1: Prince George tomorrow morning, actually. Yeah, I saw that you're going yeah. there for the week, right? Yeah, no, not for the week. Just two days. I can't stay in Prince George for a week, man. There's no way. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. I'm going to go so tomorrow. I'll leave at like 5 a.m. I do a seminar, um, and then uh, I, I'll hang out with some of, the, some of the old friends from back in the day, see mom. My tax lady actually lives there so yeah i got some some chairs or some chores to take care of myself and then i'll get back here quickly on tuesday
0: fuck yeah dude do you need to promote anything you need to plug anything you want to tell people where they can find you or what you're up to or uh, how they can train with you
1: yeah man absolutely so i'm at a factory fresh jujitsu uh seven days a week i also do uh some home calls where i'm totally open always going to uh teach at other schools, other academies. I'm open to speaking at events. Like you need a motivational speaker, you need it. I got to come in, talk about some real shit. Obviously, I have some uh some good experience on uh coming through bad things, so I'm totally open to that as well. You can reach me at uh littlechildbjj on Instagram. Um yeah, man, I'm super easy, always answering DMs, easy to get a hold of, and I'm always uh ready to network with new people and uh, make some new connections man so if there's something I can do for you don't be afraid to reach out it it would be my pleasure fuck yeah dude I love it mad love bro and uh, I love all you fucking freaks as
0: well fuck yeah dude get out and enjoy your fucking day 100%